the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck.
I love the intro on that track. The end is now from To Live As Sons. And I hope you never have to endure hearing one of those preachers telling you that you're going to burn in the fiery pit for listening to awful music. (laughs) Well, there's no worries about ever hearing that kind of statement coming from the antidote. To Live As Sons is just one of the artists found on a record label that carries a wide, wide range of music. I often messaged Zap Records head man and founder Dave Emerson about his artists. So I guess I was long overdue to have a chat about his motivation for running a label. You're going to hear from Dave, and you're also going to hear the thoughts and music of one of their artists, Willem Samuel of South Africa's Scree Allian. Zap Records includes Christian artists and a few who don't share the faith. One of those is the awesome lo-fi garage punk of the straight suits with Got to Get On Out of Here.
Dave Emerson is the man in charge at Scotland's Zap Records, and he's joined The Antidote. Good to finally have a chance to talk to you, Dave. Great to be here, Dave. Thanks for having me. I first came to know about you during an interview I had with your old bandmate, Don Denecker of The Old Timers. Love that guy. Nice guy. Great punk band out of South Africa. Has punk always been your thing? Um, not always, um, but for a very long time. Um, I grew up in a house that was like really musical, you know, like it was always kind of music on. My parents listened to it, like I had a really eclectic taste in music, like all sorts of different stuff. Um, so I kind of grew up listening to lots of different stuff and, you know, we listened to what was on the radio quite a lot as well. Um, but I always had like a longing for some form of music that I hadn't come across yet. It sounds really strange, but basically when I was 16, I discovered punk and realized that this was the music that I'd been searching for, basically. (laughs) And it's stuck with me ever since. You should explain about the old timers. You guys had the craziest band set up. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's one of those cases of, you know, kind of make do and mend. Um, There wasn't anybody in the town that I lived in that was really into punk or anything even remotely you know, hard music, shall we say. Um, so I was introduced to Don um, through a, a mutual friend who lived in Cape Town and um, actually was able to kind of go to Port Elizabeth and visit him and his family. Uh, you know, we both just absolutely loved punk and, you know, specifically kind of the JCHC movement and uh, Christian punk. And um, yeah, like he started to send me these demos uh, and I was like, man, this is this is pretty good do you mind if I, you know, make an attempt to put in some vocals on some of these songs? And he was like, yeah, go for it. So um, that's how it started. We just were playing around with demos and we made the, the you know, the kind of um, first all-timers demo, which was called Punk's Not Dead and Nora We. And then Thumper Punk Records picked it up somehow. A friend of a friend of a friend gave it to Dave Aaron. And um, before you know it, like, we've been offered to make a full length album (laughs) and um, we lived 12 hours away from each other. So he would just demo all the songs and then send them to me and I would record my vocals to them. And then we would send all the raw tracks over to Seth Idol in uh, wherever he is, um, Boise. Um, And he would do all the mixing for us there. (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. All over the world. So basically if programs like Dropbox didn't exist, we wouldn't have been able to do the old timers because we were all kind of like putting our different wave files in there and then Seth would get them from there and mix them and yeah.
I'm Donovan Denecker of the Old Timers, and you're listening to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. Holy God, we recognize that we have failed you and we have failed each other. We love ourselves much more than we love our neighbors. We've excluded those who are different in the circle of our love. got into Dave Emerson's punk roots with some tunes from the old timers. I love the band's music, especially those two. First up was my favorite, The City, then the insightful Homeless Friends. And here's more of my talk with Dave. You were in South Africa for quite a while, but then moved back to Glasgow. That must have been a huge cultural switch. Yeah, it was pretty intense both ways, to be honest. It was really intense moving to South Africa. Um, obviously very, very different culturally. I think the, the thing with South Africa is it's not just one culture to get used to. There are, you know, multiple cultures existing alongside each other that you had to kind of try and get your head around all of them completely different to what you're used to. Um, so that took a while to switch over to <laughs> and we were always the outsiders, you know, I mean, that, that's just kind of the nature of it. Um, but that was kind of a cool place to, to be because it, it gave you the, uh, the kind of liberty to be the weird outsider who made silly cultural mistakes and people kind of forgave you for them, <laughs> you know, so, you know, you could kind of be the outsider guy who could kind of bring different perspectives and stuff. So that was cool. Um, so yeah, we were there for six years, um, and that was an excellent time. 
And then we moved back and that was also a huge cultural shift for us because obviously we had gotten used to some of the things that were normal in South Africa. And obviously in the six years we'd been away, things had changed here quite a lot. Um, so you're kind of coming back and you're having to kind of figure everything out and how things work again. So yeah, it was intense, <laughs> but it was great. It's a wonderful experience and I'm, I'm glad that God gave us that. Nice. The reason I asked earlier about your music roots is that Zap Records breaks the trend of most independent labels. It doesn't focus on any one genre. With your background, though, I would have thought that you'd be including only punk bands. Yeah, um, I think how that happened was I kind of dabbled with Zap Records like years ago, like, I don't know, 2003-ish. But it was just, you know, something that never really took off. Um, and when I thought about kind of really rebooting it and starting again, uh, it was kind of early 2015. And it was really just out of a desire to help people who I was friends with, who I knew had really good music, but they, they didn't know how to get their music out there. Um, and like through being in the old timers, I'd gained quite a lot of experience about, you know, how kind of the internet based kind of world of music now kind of works, you know, net labels and that kind of thing and digital distribution through things like iTunes and Amazon and, you know, Spotify and things like that. Um, and I just had a desire to, to help some of my friends to get their music out. You know, the people that I had that were friends that were making really good music, they weren't making punk. They were making kind of folk and indie and garage punk and stuff. And, uh, you know, so I just kind of started it to help people that I knew that were making good music. So I didn't want to be too you know focused on one genre at that point in time um and that's just kind of the way it has continued to be <laughs> if you're a regular to the antidote you might recognize what's coming up with the hardcore funk of easter teeth on play the harp throw the spear i also have a band who made it to number four on the antidote's top 10 list of 2017 october bird of death with fire in those eyes
Hi, this is Darren from October Bird of Death, and you've got the antidote. the only way I've really got of describing Zap is that a large number of the artists are really on the fringe of the music scene. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty strange stuff, most of it. <laughs> and I think that that's probably just born out of the fact that I like things that are weird and wonderful. And, um, you know, that draws me to kind of other people who like things that are weird and wonderful. And, and because that's what they like, that's the kind of music they make. Um, and, you know, like I said, I'm just in it to try and sort of help people get their music out there, get it heard by people and enjoyed by people and, and hopefully maybe purchased by people. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's all over the place. <laughs> certainly fits with me because I've always been into music that isn't typical, which is why I've had so many of the artists from Zap on the antidote. You know, bands like Easter Teeth, October Bird of Death and ISF. So you connected with these artists 
due to friendship? Primarily, yeah. Um, and the way it's kind of worked is that, you know, as I've kind of connected with people and helped them to release their music, then they'll be like, oh, you know, my friend so-and-so, you know, is also making some music. Here, check their band out. So, you know, the, the circle kind of grows wider as time goes on because each artist that kind of comes to Zap usually has one or two people that they kind of think, oh, you know, they might fit on Zap too. So um, it just kind of grows that way.
That was Tiny Breath of Music Life. I've really been grabbed by the music of Captive Portal. The band has described their sound as an experiment with ordinary musical preferences by integrating everyday sounds, acoustic instruments, analog tones, and natural voices while utilizing a digital construction in a modern era of electronics. It's time to split away from the Antidotes talk with Dave Emerson of Zap and move on to one of the label artists, Willem Samuel of Screalian. He doesn't fit the typical Christian artist profile, but you'll understand where he's coming from during our talk. Willem Samuel performs as a Screalian, and he's brought his music to the Antidote. Thanks for coming, Willem. Uh, great to be here, all the way from South Africa to Canada. That's right. We just had lunch and you're just about ready for dinner. Uh, I just had dinner, so I'm actually (laughs) thankful that you were a bit late finishing a meal, so I'm good. You know, I have to tell you that this is probably one of the most difficult interviews I've ever had to prepare for. With you being from South Africa and your song lyrics are all in Afrikaans, everybody knows that I have no ability with languages, so I used Google to translate the band name. This is bound to be wrong, but it came up with shout only. What is it that you're shouting about? Oh, that's actually great. I like the translation a lot more. I would have translated it quite directly as scream alone, but shout only is actually, I might actually use that as my English, straight up English (laughs) translation. (laughs) That's great. Um, It's an old band name that I came up with, you know, when I was in high school and never got to form that band. Um, I've been a bass player, and if you've been a bass player, you know bass players never form the band. You're always the guy that sort of other people ask you to be in their band. (laughs) So this band was um, for me to do my own thing, and so I just always had that name. I think I just picked it, (laughs) because for years I was trying to come up with clever things, and. Uh, you know, catchy titles for music groups or for pop groups or whatever. And I was just like, well, let's just use this this one. So, and I also think I've rediscovered sort of some of my punk roots. And, you know, I think the, the, the time when I thought about the name, that was the kind of music that I was listening to. Well, this definitely isn't punk music, what you're putting out. I'm not sure what it is. Well, let me put it like this. Uh, I think for years I've been making music and things like that, but uh, I just wanted to sort of create a band out of nothing and, you know, write music for it and, yeah, just just produce it. So what's been coming out has been kind of surprising for me as well, I guess. And it's interesting seeing the reactions. And it's also actually nice for me to feel like people overseas listening to it and what they make of it. And that's why I had a hard time because, again, back to the language issue. You were kind enough to send me a loose translation of it. Now, I often have artists on The Antidote whose songs are dark. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that about Screaline because it goes past being dark to being morbid. (laughs) You know, the songs on your EP are about death and bad relationships, like the lyrics from Through the Crew. Down in the cubbyhole, your body in the boot, RSG in stereo, hands covered in sweat and blood. Where did that come from? That's literally the first Afrikaans song I ever wrote. I'm in my 30s now. I was 19 when I wrote that. Um, this project of mine is a, is an attempt for me to make a catalog 
of music and songs that I've written over the decades and years. And it is verbatim what I wrote back then. And, and I sort of, I've always kept a good record of things that I wrote down or that I've drawn or whatever. And the visuals, that's why I also did the music video for it because I already had all the visuals. So it just seemed like quite an easy thing to start off with. So the songs that you're listening to, the reason why I think of them as punk is they were written early 2000s. So I, I was still into punk and all that. Um, so they were written at that point. So I always heard them in my head like that. But I think as time has gone on and the way I'm recording and things like that, um, it comes over a bit differently. The darkness was just where I was at at that time. And I made like a kind of a, a game I always play about sort of what do you rewrite or what do you rework and what do you actually just leave and just present it as it is. So at that point, yeah, I, I think it's very dark and morbid. I've always been like that, though. I, I, I think sometimes when people, are, especially like I think in my art or the things that I draw or write about, people see a, a kind of a darkness, but that's always been fun for me. Like I've always liked skull and bones more than I've liked, you know, photos of cats for instance it's just it's for me it's um it's almost like you you choose a specific kind of color or a specific kind of brush you're like i'm gonna be a painter and these are my tools and so i think when it comes to the stories and to, to the lyrics there are certain tools that i use and that i go for and i i think that these kind of dark imagery it's it's a comfortable area for me i i think that's why i use it it's not like I'm sitting morbidly and like obsessing and, you know, but ideas that make me laugh or that I think are funny or cool are usually from on, on the darker side of the spectrum. <laughs> that's just who I am, you know, it's, that's me. This is Willem from Skrialien. You're listening to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins.
about your art there is more to Willem Samuel than just your music you're actually best known well I guess not just for your comic art but for using all different mediums yeah so I mean clearly enough it is a band and it is serious but I see it more as an art project I mean I'm approaching the thing conceptually like I was in the UK for a long time and I did a graphic novel uh, called Mengel Moose which is even more unpronounceable than Skrialian. <laughs> so I did a comic book while I was there, but I found comics was quite inaccessible. And on the other hand, I did like animation. And then I was like, I always had this, I've been writing music all my, you know, since I was a teenager, since I picked up a guitar. Like one of the biggest joys for me is writing music and composing and making things out of nothing, you know. That's one of the greatest things about being an artist, you know, being able to exercise that gift of that, all that talent. Um, and I just had this music thing on the side and it's, it was always like a frustration for me and I kind of like, yeah, what am I going to do with it? Or I should just leave it. I've always been trying to quit it and whatever. So it was about a year or two ago. I was like, look, I'm just going to make my own band. And what I also thought at the same time was like, okay, well, let's infuse the music and the art and the comics and all these things and, and put it together and let's see what happens. And so that's the EP that I released. Is uh, I released it as a comic book, as a video, and then also also the songs. That's an interesting thing about creative people is that they often have more than just a single outlet. With yourself, what takes dominance? Would it be the comic art? Would it be the fine art? Or would it be the music? 
Um, I mean, I've been finding that question for years. And for me personally, I guess, or pressure to sort of to specialize or to go and do one direction or the other one. And I guess it also has to do with what you're the best at. You know, are you really proficient with one tool or another one? Like, which one can you express yourself the best with and so forth? But I find my creativity works the best when I've got everything running on, on full cylinders. Because um, every time I'm like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm now I'm a comic artist, which I did for a long time, I would like put myself like in this sort of category of artist. And then it would inevitably become dull or frustrating or, you know, not fulfilling in a way. Then I would just naturally sort of pick up a guitar or start painting or something like that. So I've always found like the more branches of things that I use, the actually the better it goes. So I'm like, I'd rather just think, okay, I'm just like an artist in general, but also not like in a in a snobbish kind of way. Um, I think it's, it's sort of using all all of the gifts, you know, and where they fit in. And so Skrialien for me, is again, it's been a way of just combining them and seeing where it goes. I think there's freedom to not be like, oh, I'm a musician or I'm an artist or I'm a painter or I'm a comic artist. There's freedom to be fluid. It sounds like you enjoy the challenges. Um, yeah. I mean, no, yes and no. I mean, I wish it was easy, but I think I've just come to a point where I've sort of just accepted who I am and what I do and what I like. And I think also trusting myself in the creative sphere. It's a pedantic about certain things. Like, I've just like, look, this is what I like. I like doing this and I like doing that. And, and okay. That's what I'm going to do. I'd like to hear more about your, I don't know, I'm sure it's a comic series or graphic novel. It seems to be autobiographical. Yeah, so it started that in 2012. I did like a six-part series um, called Mengelmush, which is translated like mishmash. Yeah, it was an autobiographical comic. And in the end, it kind of it became something else. But yeah, I, I drew that and did that in the UK and that was an attempt for me like for years I was in Cape Town and um it's also like kind of heavily involved with the church and things like that yeah, I worked a job and then I went and I did lots of ministry and things in the evenings and the weekends and things like that and that was what I did and when I went to the UK I was like look I just want to do one thing in my life or one creative thing and I thought like what is the one thing that I can do and I was like well I can draw comics and it's six parts Every book is drawn in like a different style. So each one is a day in the life of my life at a, at a specific point. Um, it's kind of uses my life. So it's like kind of this flights of fancy and things like that. You'll see in it, there's a lot of music and lyrics and things like that. So there's some things I explore with like love and relationships and things like that. It's just about growing up and being a teenager. That was good for me to draw it while I was in the UK because like I started examining the backdrop and obviously the backdrop was growing up in South Africa um, you know, the book starts off in 1997, and that's like three years after Nelson Mandela became president, um, which was an amazing time in this country. You know, the, the nation, the country being in flux, and, and yet, you know, you're just this kid and you just worry about, you know, whether this girl is going to date you or whether your parents are going to ground you for sneaking out or, you know, you're worrying about social pressures and things like that. So it was definitely a very layered comic. So I think the religious theme in the book is constant and, and comes to the fore in the later books. And where I did quite a, I think, a very honest examination of church life and church culture, like the good and the bad and the things I, I experienced, which was in a way cathartic for me to sort of to work through it. It's a place to make, 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 to make,
long medley of songs from Scree Allian. The antidote isn't finished with our talk with Willem Samuel or with Dave Emerson of Zap Records. There's a lot more conversation and music from both these guys coming up next week on The Antidote. Be sure to join in again for the second and final part of this look into the music found on Zap Records and from Scree Allian. Before I close up, I need to mention something. Over the years of producing The Antidote, I've had a few comments from listeners asking if the artists featured on this program pay to be on. Not a chance. The Antidote is a non-paying gig that's just my way of sharing my passion for the topics and the music. And speaking of music, I've got one final track for the night. How about some hockey-influenced punk from Chicago's Two Minute Minor with Change My Life? Enjoy this, and I'll see you next week.